It is a good morning. I can prove it. That's what the Word says. Amen. You sure? Amen. The Lord uses the word rejoice. I like the word joy. Second fruit of the Spirit mentioned. Love, joy. And uh, Pastor Kelly and I rebuke each other if we don't walk in joy. See, a lot of people rebuke if you're not walking in love. And we believe in that too. But we also rebuke each other not walking in joy. The only problem is we don't get to rebuke each other much. He always looking for the chance. <sighs> Pastor Dan told me he better rebuke me, rebuke him. So anyway, good morning, everybody. Church of tomorrow shall be like the days when Jesus walked the earth with signs and wonders, and most importantly, changed lives. So we're about seeing what God would do in your life because he has a plan, a purpose, a calling, and he knows best. Father knows best. We ought to make a TV show out of that sometime. And it, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Praise God. Well, things are moving right along. We're going to be in uh, sec, uh, number eight. Oh, and I, don't, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist Wednesday night. It's seven o'clock. So you're invited. And we're going to continue in that study. And we really enjoy going through that. We're going to share a little bit of that this morning, but quite a bit more and go a different, different way. But um, you still can jump in anytime. Uh, so don't hesitate. It will help you be able to understand more things about Christianity and how to share things with others. Because you know, the world's full of gainsayers. The world's full of, I don't believe that stuff. And all that kind of good stuff. So we go through, is, is truth, does truth exist? Does God exist? Um, is, are our miracles possible? And um, is the New Testament authentic? Hey, you know the answer already. We hadn't got to that yet. So those are all important issues that we stand on, praise God. Let's see. Um, yeah, I believe that. I'm not going to get into stuff. I'll leave it all to Kelly. He's better at this than I am anyway. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you sent Jesus bankrupted heaven. We thank you that you've done those things with us in mind. Jesus, the word plainly says that you went to the cross for the joy set before you. And we thank you that you did that. And we want to be that joy for you. Lead us, guide us, teach us, train us, Holy Spirit. We're all in it for the name of Jesus, for the glory of God. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, uh, this morning's sermon message, title, talk, whatever you want to call it, is does truth exist? Does truth exist? And what we want to do is ask that question in light of 
where are we? Where, where do we stand in this day and time? You know, there's so much going on in our nation. And no matter which particular area you look at, you can name it. And they're trying to take truth away from it. Because if they can take truth out of the picture, they can take God out of the picture. Okay? So that's the whole example. Uh, the whole goal for all these different movements that are going on is to take truth out so they'll no longer have to deal with God. Now, that is what you call being your own God. That's what you call the Garden of Eden. That's what you call Lucifer in heaven before he got the boot. That's what you call the things today the Garden of Eden is still with us today. Did God say? Did God say? Questioning the things that God has said that He's put in place, that He's touched our lives with, and many countless millions or billions of other people. He's moving all over the earth to do things to reach the life of the lost. Everything He does is about salvation. He wants everyone to become saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what it's about. And we've got things that we need to learn from history, and they're trying to destroy history. It's not that history's all that good. There's plenty of good stuff in history. And there's plenty of other stuff in history. And if we're going to learn from history, we need to know what history is. And we can learn, you know, I tell people I'm so smart because I've made so many mistakes. So it's a matter of, do we learn from the things that are wrong? Do we learn from the things that work and work and work and work? Not reinventing the wheel. Those are the things before us. God is at work in so many areas. And Satan, the adversary, as you well know, wants to come to steal, kill, and amen. But Jesus said that I've come that you may have and have it more? Okay, see? That's a very important part. That verse, John 10, 10, could be called the centerpiece of the Bible because it's reinstating God's desire for life like he shared back in Deuteronomy, for instance. But it's doing it with a whole new perspective because the Savior's here at that time. And he's, he's here at this time. Praise God. We had a a text the other day that went out to invite you to this morning for those of you that are on the church rolls. And if you're not on there, you need to get on there. And it said to be sure and come so that you can know what for sure what truth is. Well, that's true. But in this circle of life today, this planet, it's difficult to reach people if you just make a statement, we've got to ask a question. We've got to dig in a little bit to them to kind of wake them up a little bit so that they can have a desire to jump into the things they need to that pertain to God. So as a result, what I'm trying to say here is ask a lot of questions. Does truth exist? 
Does it exist? And when we say truth, when God says truth, he's talking about objective truth. That is truth that always was, is, and shall be, just like Jesus, okay? And we'll come around to proving some of those things scripturally. But we can also prove it without the Bible, and that's one thing we've done, and I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, is to prove some of these things without it. But so many people will tell you things like, well, the Bible was just written by man. Or the Bible was written in the third century. Or the Bible's been changed. And you can always look them in the face and say, is that true? And if they're honest with you, they're going to have to stop and pause because they really don't know what they're talking about. They've heard somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. The, the scriptures are so evident and provable and accurate God's big enough, and this is the way I tell a lot of people, I says, I believe God's big enough to put a book in my hands to tell me what I need to know. And if he's not that big, then he's not God. Okay? And if, if man can undo what God's done, then guess what? God's not God. Now, man can attack it or do other things against from it, but you're not going to change the ultimate plan of God. When people use the word or the phrase, God's in control, he is in control of the ultimate things. He's not in control of your thoughts. He's not in control of what's going to happen to you tomorrow. He's not in control of a lot of those things unless your faith is out there in agreement with the word of God to bring forth those things that he promises you, that you can have. God is not going to control whether you get a flat tire or not. Oh, I'm getting some theological cows falling over right now going, whoa. Yeah, God just does everything. No, he doesn't do everything. He's giving you free will to make choices. He says you can choose life or you can choose death. Open book test, choose life. Whomever we present our members to, that's whom we're serving. So those kinds of things give us the thought and the understanding Yes, God is ultimately in control, but he's not in control of every little detail. We have choice. If we didn't, we wouldn't uh, have the choice of loving him or not loving him, of living with him forever or not living with him forever. That's an open book test right there. That's up to you. I, I think the best illustration I've heard on this is, you know, you get on a, a cruise ship in New York Harbor and go to uh, the UK via that cruise ship. Well, that, that cruise ship is going to UK. It's not going anywhere else. The captain's going to make sure you're on a course to UK. But if you want to praise God, worship God, study your Bible, talk to good friendship, have a good time, that's one thing. Or if you want to get drunk, use drugs, and involve yourself in illicit sex and other things, that's another. And you know you can go either way. God will let you go either way. Now, Holy Spirit's going to be there to convict, but we can have ears to hear or not. Are you with me now? So this is important that we understand the aspect. God has his things, okay? We have our things. And God gives us certain things that it's an open book for us. And that's where we make choices. You don't have to be in church this morning. You could be nursing a hangover or you know, jumping in the lake or whatever you want to do. You choose to be here. You choose to watch this video 
because you want to watch this video. You choose to agree with God or try to resist Him. So we need to understand, to go back to the word truth, we can accept truth or we can reject truth. And there's nothing wrong, and I encourage people to search for truth, not only once in your life, but continually. Pastor Kelly's going to show you a couple of books we're putting in the library, brand new books. One of those books is Seeking Jesus, Finding, excuse me, <laughs> Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus by Nabil Qureshi. Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. He was on a search for truth. His roommate at college was on a search for truth. One Muslim, one Christian. They got together for three years talking, discussing, and searching. They didn't slap each other in the face. They didn't call each other blah, blah, blah. They were both searching for truth. And they agreed at the final time there, the Bible, the Word of God is truth. They did all the research they could going back 2,000 years and further. And they agreed that Yahweh is God, Allah is not. And there's a lot of reasons for that we'll get into at other times. But we understand that when you seek God, He will show Himself strong in your behalf. Did I throw part of my notes on the floor? Is that a sign from heaven? No. There's been a, um, a recent poll, and I've mentioned this once before, I think, uh, of worldview. What is your worldview? A worldview, it's just, this is a real complicated definition for it, okay? It's the way you view the world. The way you view the world. If you would, the glasses that I see everything through. If I got a red tint, blue tint, green tint, whatever it is. The way I look at things. And the highest percentage of people who professed and attended church, professed Jesus, attended church, the highest percentage was in non-denominational churches, and it was a great whopping 12%. You think, well, we're the highest of folks. That's pathetic. That's sick, because the overall church was like 4%. That we don't have a biblical worldview of understanding in people who are Christians, who claim Jesus, who say, Jesus is my Lord, who say, yes, I believe the Bible. They don't have any idea what they're saying the rest of their life, the rest of the days. They have their 15-minute devotional, and guess what? They're through. So let's just go out and be who I'm meant to be. Who are you going to identify as today? Anyway, moving right along. We, as Church of Tomorrow, hopefully have a biblical worldview, and we need to continually adjusting, tweaking, and making sure that we're looking through the eyes of Jesus, not the eyes of the flesh or the eyes of the enemy. Truth, like so many things, just didn't fall out of the sky one day. Nor did it fall off the earth. Now when people today in society say truth, they're probably talking about subjective truth. That is really not truth at all. 
That means that I believe this is true, or my truth is this, or it's okay for me to be a homosexual. It's okay for me to do that. Well, if you're a homosexual, come here. Let's talk to you a little bit. We'll get the Word of God in you. Then maybe you'll change your desires. It's up to you. It's your choice. But we'll tell you what the Bible says, and we'll love you doing it. Nobody's going to ostracize you for whoever, whatever you are. Every one of us has a fallen nature originally. And so we have a new nature when we're born again. That's of the, the Lord God, not our own selfish things. We love you. We care for you. We just don't accept everything you say. And because you feel this way today or feel that way, it's like a kid, get up, get out of bed. You know, one day they, they know they're going to the zoo or the park or swimming or something. That day. They say, jump out of bed. They change their clothes real quick and they run out of the house. And, oh, I, I was going to eat cereal. I'll do that tomorrow. And then the next day you wake them up, leave me alone. I don't want to get up. No, uh. <laughs> oh, don't, don't do that. Come back tomorrow. They feel, they go, go by their feelings. If I feel great, everything is great, hunky-dory. And if I feel me, you know, I was reading in the Bible one year, in Mark chapter 4, that it's talking about me. It says, the word goes on shallow ground, and I jump for joy, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, I'm so glad to be born again, so glad to be free, so glad to be rid of all those things. But then when the sun comes out and the little vine that started growing up, it withers. <laughs> and goes away. See, we have a choice. We can stay in the Word of God or we can let the sun come out and fade us away. That's the reason, like last week, we talked about what we did. We want everybody to be equipped to stand in the time of adversity. And it doesn't make any difference what kind of storms you face in life. Jesus Christ will take care of you and take you through the storm, around the storm, or pull you out of the storm. But he will give you the ability to be able to withstand it. Remember, we carry our weather on the inside, not the outside. Hallelujah. God so loved the world, John 3, 16. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and that, and whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have life everlasting. God so loved the world. The world is the cosmos in the Greek. And it is a combination of a lot of things. Adornment, the things that go on, the lifestyles, the people. God so loved the world. And I, 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 for so many years, I look at that and I go, God so loved the world. That's the world system. Well, actually, it's not the world system. It's just the world in operation. Okay? He so loved it. Why? Because it was great? No. Because God is love. He loved it just like Jesus showed us when he walked the earth. He had compassion for who? Try to find out the compassion he had for people that agreed with him. He, he loved him, right? But he had compassion over the brokenhearted. He had compassion over those that were trespassing in their sins. Compassion in those who were addicted to sexual fornication, to things of that nature. He had compassion, and he was moved with compassion that be able to touch the lives of those people. 
God wants to touch the lives to every one of us today. He wants to move us, to adjust us. Uh, I've been using the example of a fisherman removing the scales. You know, you, you probably have some scales on you need to be taken off, okay? Not just your eyes, but other places too. And, and God will remove those scales from you when you come to him. And it's not a harmful surgery, although you do have to die to yourself. To yourself. I wouldn't do this. Okay, well, go eat a bowl of death. <clears throat> Moving right along. Augustine said, we love the truth when it enlightens us. But we hate it when it convicts us. I believe I'll repeat that one again since we didn't get a standing ovation. We love the truth when it enlightens us. But we hate it when it convicts us. Uh-huh. Well, we have honest people here, don't we? As Christians... We here at Church of Tomorrow know, John 17, 7 says, Father, thy word is truth. That John 14, 6 says, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. We know at John 8, 32 through 8, 36, that Jesus reveals himself as the word to set people free as they continue to follow him. And he says, the truth will make you free. So we have two questions to ask ourselves this morning. Number one, are we manifesting what we know to be true. Or maybe I should say, are we manifesting what we know to be truth? Are we living to the extent of our, what we know and what we could know? So long as we don't believe in objective truth, we will not be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. As long as we don't believe an objective truth will not be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second question, are we able to love the world as Jesus loves us? You know, are we able to love the world as Jesus loves the world? So many times we say, oh, the world, just all go to hell and leave me alone. Uh, nobody here has ever said that, I'm sure. You're in church, you have to tell the truth. Just let them go to hell. I don't care. They don't want, want to do that anyway. That's the ones that are the most right, probably. Mm -hmm. Do we, are we truth disseminators? So long as the world does not believe in objective truth, they will not be saved. You see, before someone can be saved, they have to believe in objective truth because God is objective truth. God has released and created objective truth. God has shown us what objective truth is, what it means, and how it works. And when we reject that, we're rejecting God. Now, that's, that's plain and simple. You know, I'm, I'm building a small library at my home for my grandkids and my great-grandkids. I got number two on the way. Great-grandkid. Yes, I'm that old. I'm building this library because I want to give them books that have been written back before they were born by a long ways. 
I've got Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, and guess what? They've changed the wording in that quite a bit. That doesn't mean that the, the new versions are wrong. It just means that they're not giving us the substance of what it was like back then, like, like Tom, uh, Tom uh, no, Mark Twain. Thank you. I just look at Kelly and I get the answer that Mark Twain wanted us to see. And a lot of it wasn't good, but he told the truth about it. Yep, yep. Encyclopedia set, World Book Encyclopedias, 1970. Um, the uh, Naked Communist, which has 45 principles of communism that we've basically have achieved about 43 of those already in our country these last years. It's scary if you read it. And books like that, um, the Federalist Papers, come, you know, I got them all in one book combined. I want to be able to leave them with some of those things. So if something happens like burn the books, which may be happening, then one way or the other, they may just change the word some. They don't want some of those books around any longer. Don't look at that naked communist book. It's not America's future. It's God missing. And that's what we need to understand. It is, communism is a religion. We need to understand that. Moving right along. I do that because I want to secure things for my lineage that would help them be more like what Jesus wants to be. I've already got a, uh, a replicated copy of 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary, and I've got an 1800 uh, replication of an American historical book, and it's really good. You start reading that, and you go, oh my gosh, this makes sense now. So moving right along. Until people believe in truth, they will not believe in God. In other words, if they can cancel truth, they will cancel God. If they will cancel God, truth, they will cancel, cancel God. Please allow me to read a segment from a book I wrote some years ago. Um, I think this will, this puts a lot of things together. I know I've mentioned a little bit of this in times past, but I really think it's worthwhile to, to take a look at it in this way. Truth is the centerpiece of the kingdom. Uh, Pat Robertson originally said that in a book he wrote on the kingdom of God. It is essential that we understand. First of all, let us define the word centerpiece. Centerpiece is a concept that is of central importance within a larger picture. It also holds together all of the other parts in a specified order and arrangement, making the sum produce the desired result. I think an easy way to look at it would be to look at an old wagon wheel. No doubt you've probably seen the movies with old wagon wheels back in the old Western days. The wagon wheel has a hub in the center, which in turn has wooden spokes that join to the outside part of the wheel. The outside part is a wooden piece which goes around the spokes to form a circle. A metal piece is then put over that round wooden piece to complete the wheel. Think about it. The metal is important. The wood is important. 
The wooden spokes are important. You can have all those other things in the right order or in any other kind of order, but without the hub holding all spokes together, nothing else is any good. Truth is the centerpiece of the kingdom. The hub in turn holds the wheel and the outside of the wheel that the wagon will actually be rolling on since the hub connects the wheel to the axle. The arrangement makes the sum produce the desired result. It's kind of a team ministry, you might say. The sum total of the hub holding everything together makes the desired result of the wagon rolling over the ground. The centerpiece of the kingdom of God is truth. It is the kingdom of God, uh, it is to king, the kingdom of God as the hub is to the wheel. The truth is the king, to the kingdom of God like the hub is to the wheel. Without it, there would be no arrangement, there would be nothing held together, the sum total would produce no effective results, so the centerpiece truth of the kingdom of God is the piece that holds it all together in a specified order, producing an effective result. Let us define the word truth according to Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Conformity to the fact or reality. Conformity to the fact or the reality. It goes on to say that truth is exact accordance with which is or has been or shall be. It sounds like Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Also, truth may be defined as purity from falsehood, Constancy, exactness, conformity to the rule. Takes those things out of the playbook. Conformity to God's rule. I'll put God's name in there. It's the real state of things. Remember, all these definitions hinge on the fact that we're thinking about them according to the way God would think about them. They must be the way God thinks about them in order to make them true and in order to be able to be defined as what God wants him to be. Let us do a short word study with the word truth. This will enable us to be able to know better what the word of God says about truth. Why it's so important, why it holds the kingdom together, and why everything else revolves around it. 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. I'm going to be reading in King Jimmy today because that's the way I originally wrote this 30 years ago. But uh, I think we're putting it New King James, uh, so it'll be a little smoother reading for those of you who are younger than I am. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men, who will have all men to be saved. The Greek word here is sozo, which means to completely be made whole and to come into the knowledge of the, amen, the truth. The word knowledge here in the Greek is revelation knowledge. In other words, it's not just me reading a book. It's something I understand. The Holy Spirit has enlightened, quickened it to me. This is God's plan, purpose, and will for everybody on the face of the earth, past, present, and the future. He wants us all to be saved. He wants us all to come to the revealed knowledge of the truth. When we all come to the revealed knowledge of the truth, the world will be drastically different. Now, this is not going to happen until the millennial reign, but one of these days, Jesus is coming back and he's going to set up his rule and everybody will be walking in the truth. That's the objective. 
In the book of John, we'll also look at several verses. First of all, uh, John chapter 4, verses 21-24. And by the way, God wants everybody to become saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That means God wants everybody to be born again and be discipled. John 4, 21, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in the mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know what? Not what? You worship what you know not. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and truth. He's seeking those. He seeks those to worship Him correctly. Notice that also that He must be worshipped in spirit and truth. Worshipping him in spirit and truth will produce the kononia. Pastor Kelly shared on that not too long ago. That kind of fellowship. That is the mutual sharing one of another with the Lord Jesus and with the Father. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. God will not allow it any other way. He set the guidelines and we must agree and go along with God. In John 8, 31, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. If you've ever heard of biblical verses, I know you've heard these quite a few times from here. Notice, if you want to be a disciple for Jesus, there's a prerequisite. You must continue in the word. Verse 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth will make you free, not just set you free. The Greek word there is make you. Okay? As you continue in the Word of God, by His Spirit illuminating the Word to you, will you be able to understand the Word? Yeah, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. When the Word of God is shared continually in your life, it brings everything into light. It's one reason we passed out the Scripture cards. And if you haven't got them yet, they're back there. There's one for the men, a different one for the ladies. Not the <laughs> different Bibles, it's just a little more gender appropriate. If you're transgender, I guess get one of each. I don't know. When the Word of God is shared continually in your life, it brings everything to light. It shows you the things that are not correct. That is, the things that do not line up to God's perfect will. So we must have teachable minds and open hearts in order to let God show us what he wants to. Chapter 14. Here's another familiar piece of scripture. So let us let God put it together for us. John 14, 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is the Zoe, the God kind of life, eternal, everlasting life. No man comes to the Father but by, but by me. Jesus declares himself as the truth. He made no bones about it. People are searching for truth today in this world. Do you realize that? Hopefully you're one of them. <laughs> Jesus has already established the fact that I am the truth. Praise God. That is what Jesus said. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. 
Right before his crucifixion, John chapters 13 through 17, Jesus is spending his last few hours with his disciples, establishing some very important items. He tells them that it's expedient for him that he goes away. He introduces the Holy Spirit in a new and meaningful way to them. John 14, 17. Jesus said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you shall know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Jesus then goes on to explain more about the Holy Spirit. Notice that Jesus established the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth. Only the Holy Spirit will reveal truth. No other spirit will reveal truth because no other spirit is the spirit of truth. Any other spirit is the spirit of error. Do not let the spirit of error guide you. Let the spirit of truth guide you. Only the Holy Spirit wrote the word of God and reveals the word of God. No other spirit knows the world's intended purpose. And will share that purpose with you. The devil knows the word, but he does not know the secrets hidden in it for us. If he did, he would have killed Jesus before he ever grew up. He could not do that. He knew Jesus was coming, but did not know who he was. He did not know the word like the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit wrote the word. He moved upon holy men of old to write the word. These men inspired, which means they were in the Spirit. They just didn't say, oh, I think I'll write the Word. That will be really nice. No. They were in the Spirit. Read about John in the book of Revelation. He was caught up in the Spirit. He just didn't do something halfway just because he had a whim about it. He did it because God had put him in the Spirit and put the Spirit in him. Let us look at John chapter 17. Jesus is praying. It's called the high priestly prayer of Jesus. One of his last prayers to the Father. He's praying for the church. Later on, he prays for the world. John 17, 17. Implied, Father, sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctification means to be set apart for a called purpose. It separates us from the things we need to detach from. And it takes me to my calling. That's sanctification. It's an ongoing process from the day you're born again to the day you go meet the Lord. Sanctification is an ongoing process of, we could call it spiritual maturity. I call it soul salvation because I think it, it's, it's the, spirit, the soul is what's getting changed. Mind, will, emotions. Whatever you call it, that is important that we have that going on in our lives. Sanctify them, Father, with your word. The word of God is a sword, a two-edged sword. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, dividing asunder of joints and marrow, and discerning thoughts of intent of the heart. Yes. Hebrews 14, 12, and I like verse 13. We're all naked and open before him with whom we have to do. God doesn't see what color shirt you got on. Or if you got skinny jeans or floppy jeans or whatever. 
He sees through it all. Amen. And that word of God will rightly divide between our soul and spirit to follow the things of the spirit and not the whim of the soul. The word of God is truth. Jesus established himself as the truth. If you want to know the truth, get God's word and sit down and invite the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. He will show you the truth. God is obligated to get truth across to you and to tell you what is going on. When I say, when it reads that, he's obligated because he said he would do it. He said that it's plain to see him, Romans 1. So the man is without excuse, but we have to be open. He knocks on the door of the heart, and who will ever invite him in? He will walk in. God wants his children to know what truth is. He wants you to know all the truth because the truth will make you free. The truth will make you like Jesus. <laughs> the truth will make our lives to be what God has intended them to be. He has a purpose for us. He has a destiny for us. And he wants to fulfill that destiny in us right now. Start today. Now let us look at John 18, starting with verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered you unto me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, but I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say that, I am a king. To this end was I born. To this end was I born. And for this cause I came into the world. That, I'm getting ready to tell you what now, that I should witness unto the truth or bear witness unto the truth. He came into the world for the purpose of bearing witness to the truth. You take the word of God out, you're taking Jesus out. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Folks, that's plain, but it's emphatically important. Jesus is telling the objective truth, the truth that doesn't change. My Father's word is the truth. I'm the word and I'm also the truth. Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth. This is very important when Jesus said to this, was I born for this cause came I into the world. What end were you born for, Jesus? What cause, Jesus? He tells us what cause and what reason to bear witness unto the truth. Jesus did not say that I am a way or I have a good idea for you because I am a good man or a good prophet. Jesus says that if you will listen to him and his words, you will know the truth. He said, it's not with me, it's against me. He that is not with me is against me. Anyone who doesn't know his word cannot possibly know the truth. 
Jesus wants us to know everything that God has ordained for us. But when we fall short of it, it is because we try to mix things together. We try to take a little dab of Jesus and a little dab of somebody or something else and blend it all together. If you want to be assured of the truth, stay in God's Word. God wants to be involved in every part of your life. He wants your every breath to praise Him while thinking of Him and listening to Him. He wants you to continually have fellowship, real communion with Him. He wants to establish His kingdom in your heart totally so that you are living in the kingdom of God and not just talking about the kingdom of God, actually living it. Truth is the centerpiece. Jesus Christ has emphasized in the book of John the word truth. Truth is imperative. He emphasized in John truth, love, and life. It holds all the pieces of the kingdom of God together. Rather than just adding the effect of the individual pieces, it actually produces a multiplying result. This is called synergy. <coughs> Jesus said, to this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. We are supposed to bear witness to the truth. We are here today as the light of the world, as the salt of the earth, and as the body of Christ. Also, God's army is becoming equipped and activated to do its job. We are here to bear witness to the truth. When something is not true, our word should say so. Our lifestyle should say so. There must be conformity only to truth in our lives. If we try to conform to anything else, we are conforming to the world. Well, you know there, Pastor Dan, you said you wrote that 30 years ago. I thought you wanted to serve fresh meat. I'm glad you asked that question. This is a truth message. Truth does not change. Objective truth is always here, and it will always be with us because God himself is the truth. And when we hang on to Father, we're going to be walking on the right road. And if we just walk behind him a little bit, that's okay if you're just catching on. He's made it available that we can walk boldly into the throne room of grace to be able to find mercy or obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Yeah, that's my Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Truth is a stepping stone towards unity. See, if Louise and I believe the same thing, we're going to be in unity. Tim and I believe the same thing. We're going to be in unity. And if both of them believe the same thing, they're going to be in unity. That's what makes the body of Christ. That we're one together. That's where the power is released because we're doing it the way God wants it done. Not the way, oh yeah, I just think I ought to do this way and we're going to go over there and we're just going to sprinkle miracle dust on people and they're all going to get healed and set free and da 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 Follow the voice of the Lord. What does he say about it? 
He said he would go with us confirming the word with signs following. That doesn't mean that they'll do, that we go and speak the signs and they happen. It means we speak the word of God and God will perform what's necessary because he knows the individual of the people involved in it. Praise God. This should give us some tools to use for your own life, for the life of others. If you're listening to this on YouTube, our, our website, we want you to know we love you. And I mean it. We'll prove it to you. Give us a chance at Church of Tomorrow. We want you where God would place you. Sometimes he uses us to help people get to another place. Sometimes people just get stuck here and can't run them off. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, we want to help direct you to what God wants in your life. Remember statements like, I don't believe in truth. Is that true? Somebody says, I don't believe in truth. Is that true? They use a truth statement to say they don't believe in truth. And they say something like, well, the Bible was written by men in the third century. It's been all changed up and stuff. And Constantine did this and Constantine did it. Is that true? Well, that's what people have told me. Well, I want to tell you the Word of God, and you can prove it. And I'm not ashamed of it because everything I tell you is the Word of God or I either lied or made an error. And you can call me out on it. You betcha. Truth can be a loving weapon. It can be the sword, but it can have a hook on the end of it to bring people in. You count, as a person sitting in this building today, you count to God. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. He's got a plan for you. It's big and exuberant. He may send people out of this place all over the world. I don't know. He may just send us out on the streets. There's plenty of cleaning up to be done right here in Oklahoma City. He'll send you into highways, the byways, the workplace, the neighborhoods, marketplaces. Just be ready. You know, I like one thing Dr. Frank says. Well, what about that or what about this? He says, I just believe the guy who rose from the dead. Whatever he's going to say, I'm just going to go for that. Well, that didn't really happen. It's the most provable event in history. It's more provable than you're standing right here. <laughs> That's the truth. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for <laughs> catching fish, who all of us are fish, so to speak. And today you're cleaning the fish. You're knocking the scales off, cleaning out the insides, all the things that are necessary. 
in a loving, caring way. Thank you, Lord. You're touching lives of people today because you are involved in the lives, the daily lives of people. I thank you. That's your desire. And the more we open that door wide open to you, the more you'll show us and teach us, comfort us, give us the things that are important in this life, like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such, there's no law. Thank you, Lord. You are the almighty El Shaddai, the all-breasted one, the all-sufficient one, the God who's God of more than enough. (coughs) Oh, God, your Father. You are Father. You are our Father when we're born again and we walk into your family through mercy, by grace, with faith. You call us your child, we call you our Father. Father, would you change us today in whatever direction you need to? Would you make the adjustments, the fine-tuning? Would you touch the heart of those who are lost and wayward, those who need you, the people watching this video, whenever it is, whatever time or day it is, touch their lives and do what? Augustine alluded to the fact is that truth comes in and it does bring in the light and shines it on our imperfections so that we can see them in order that we get rid of them. Lord, it's all by grace. It's all by grace. And we thank you that you do give us the ability to change and to walk in truth. We give you praise and glory and honor. Knowing Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you're involved in our lives on a daily basis. To yours be the kingdom and the glory and the honor in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Praise God, somebody. And what does amen mean? So be it. You've put your hand of agreement upon it and saying, it is so. Look at your neighbor and say, it is so. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Once every month, we focus upon uh, missions. And we have different ministries that we uh, give to in other countries throughout the year. Uh, We give in India. Uh, We give to ministry in uh, Kenya, in Africa. And then we also give... Uh, to ministries in uh, Pakistan. And this month we will focus upon Pakistan. And of course we know Pakistan is uh, a very uh, populated country. Uh, Many people uh, there are uh, considered poor. And uh, uh, many of them actually work under the age of 16 in uh, brick kilns, of which I looked it up Uh, And this was just a few years ago. In Pakistan, it's illegal to employ them now if they're under 16 years of age. But almost 70% of bonded uh, laborers in Pakistan are children. And many of them are still in those brick ovens. And so literally people, they don't have enough money to accomplish or do regular life. And so they literally will sell their children 
uh, to these people who do these things, who uh, need, they build bricks or they do other things. Uh, it's still happening, okay? And so even though there are laws regulating it, they're not being enforced. Hmm, does that sound familiar? <laughs> uh, recent removal of leadership has taken place in Pakistan. So there's a lot of political upheaval. A lot of instability is going on. The economy, uh, you heard about Sri Lanka just recently, and uh, Pakistan is right almost at the edge as well right now. Uh, right now also the monsoon season, and heavy uh, rains have literally caused hundreds of people to die. Uh, and then uh, they have blasphemy laws in Pakistan, and a lot of them are... Uh, geared specifically toward uh, Christians and it ca causes Christians to get into trouble and then they are put to death and several were just put to death just in the last month uh, and so uh, in amongst all that though we have many people who are coming to the Lord uh, for him and being the Lord and Savior of their life that's most powerful Okay, that even with all of those things going on, they are coming to the Lord. Can I get an amen out of that? Okay, that is so important for us to understand. God's word says that we will go through suffering. We will go through tribulation. We will go through persecution. Okay, even though we've not seen it much here, I believe we might be seeing some. Okay, uh, don't know how much, but be ready. But I, I just ask that you guys really uh, pray for the people of Pakistan. Pray for the Christians in Pakistan. Did you have something? No. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, there's another ministry in Pakistan, a third one, that we don't support on a regular basis, but every once in a while we'll try to help them out if we have the ability. And the pastor of that church, his dad's also a pastor. The dad's in jail right now. Just arrested this last week. And so... Um, we just need to pray for those people as well as do whatever we can financially to help them. We're going to send him a gift too to help them through their legal stuff. They do have a help of a, a local um, legal Christian ministry, but same time, prayer's going to do a lot of good, and they've got other expenses that are coming up involved with that. So somebody we actually have a relationship with is in jail. Oh, wow. Wow. So be, uh, as you're praying, just lift up Pakistan. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, for our uh, time of just giving, and this goes right along with it, um, Leviticus actually says that the tithe is the first part of your harvest. Is the what part of your harvest? First part of your harvest. You get a harvest, you set aside the first part. And you give it unto the Lord, because it's the Lord's and it's holy to him. So you're, that first part of whatever you receive is holy unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And so let's set aside our first fruits for, for his glory. Amen. He's very faithful in providing for his children. And uh, when you're uh, uh, giving today, uh, remember that we give through texting, through online, and of course the envelopes in the back. And if you want to give uh, to Pakistan or any other missions, uh, there is a section on the online where it pull, scrolls down and it shows missions, okay? Uh, here, the envelope, okay? There is a section for missions as well. Just specify on that. And is there for the texting as well? Yeah, texting, you just do that as well. So uh, just three different ways that, that we can give in that way. 
Hallelujah. Some other announcements. Everyone say announcements. Week eight of I don't have enough faith to be a, uh, an atheist is the New Testament true. Do we have an accurate copy of it? It's going to start with Snacks and Fellowship at 6.45, and then at 7 o'clock we're going to have the class that's actually going to start. So we encourage you to come, like Pastor Dan said. You don't have to have been through all the other classes in order to be able to go to this or any future ones. You can come and just join right in. Hallelujah. And then uh, the women. Everyone, uh, if you're a woman, please raise your hand. You know, do a little shout, okay? Well, that was some of the ladies, okay? So uh, if, if you're a lady, just say, I'm a lady. I'm a lady. Uh, okay? And in that, the women are having a matinee movie at 1 p.m. on August 6th. Okay, is that right, Lakita? Yeah, okay. I think the, the movie's already been set and ready to go, okay? I don't know what it is, but um, if you want any further information, Lakita is right over there, and she can give you some further information on, on what to expect. We are also looking for children's volunteers. Am I right, Monica? Yes. Okay. We are in need of children's volunteers. So if you're a person, okay, there's a, just a stirring that children need to be taught the Word of God. Hallelujah. And Monica's been there for over a year, okay? And every once in a while, she gets to be in the service. We'd like to see her more times in the service. <laughs> So uh, I know what it's like to be in the children's area. I've been pastor twice in children for two years at a time, and I never once saw the main sanctuary. <laughs> so if you have uh, a desire or if you think that that's something, you, just once a month. Okay? Or as the Lord leads you. Okay? And so um, uh, get with me. Okay, that uh, see uh, me about it, or Monica, and uh, we will get you set up. Okay. Register for the draft. Yeah, register for the draft. Oh, is there a regular? Oh, 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 it starts next week. I heard. No, just. <laughs> uh, there is a church library that we have there in the back. Everyone say church library. Pastor Dan referred to two books that we're adding to the library. This is the first one. This is Reese Howell's Intercessor. By Norman Grubb. How many have ever read it before? Okay. If you're even in the slightest bit interested in praying, okay, hello. Living your life solidly for Christ, okay, this is a very, very impactful uh, book right here. Yeah, it changes. It took me six times before I could even get past the first chapter because I didn't like it at the first. <laughs> seeking Allah finding Jesus okay one man's search to look for truth and he found it in Christ amen hallelujah so those two will be back there along with many others that we've set up and so if you have need, a desire to look in the library check one out go to Brad right over there he's in the back so yeah and, uh, and then uh, I have a few of these wonderful tickets right here, okay? These tickets, I've got quite a few of them, in fact. If you're interested in monster truck rallies, okay, monster truck rallies, these are free tickets to go to the monster truck rally in Shawnee at the event center on August 5th, 6th, or 7th, 
Okay, take 15 of them or however many you think that you uh, would like and pass them out to other people. Okay, and so that uh, uh, these uh, are just free. They were just sent through the mail to us. Okay, or given to us. Children 3 to 13 are free, if that helps you any, okay? And adults do pay, so. <laughs> yeah, the adults have to pay, so. All right, so those are right here. And then I would like to have, uh, I need to have, uh, let's see here. Uh, Benny, would you go over there to the back right there, to the back counter right there, and pick up that, there's some boxes, little boxes, teeny little boxes, that have scripture cards and, and so forth on them. Yeah, bring it on up. You're going you're gonna to be the advertiser, okay? <laughs> and uh, we've got a few of these left of each, one for the men, one for the women. And these are scripture cards that are inside these little boxes, okay? You pull it out just like this, and, and then you've got yourself your, your little uh, scripture that you memorize for a week. And then there's another on the other side, okay? One for the women, one for the guys, Okay, and uh, so we encourage you, if you haven't gotten one yet, go ahead, and, and there are several there in the back. Got it? Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. A lot of uh, uh, announcements. <laughs> Father, we want to thank you and praise you, Father, for today. We thank you that your truth has gone forth. We thank you that it's clear, it's concise, it's objective, it's consistent. It uh, always goes on forever. It will never change from day to day. And we thank you, Father, that that truth hallelujah, comes from you. You are truth. And so, Father, we thank you that we just feast upon your truth. Hallelujah, we feast upon your word. We feast upon your spirit. We feast upon the things of God. Hallelujah. And we thank you for how it's changing us. Hallelujah. How it's bringing forth light. Hallelujah. How it's bringing forth hope. How it's bringing forth answers, Father. And I just thank you and praise you for the results of it. Father, I just release the people to go. Go and to be men and women of truth, the living truth. Hallelujah, the truth that will set them free, Father. And then to release that truth that others may see the truth, hallelujah, and come to it. That they in turn, Lord, may be changed in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now bless one another and you are dismissed.